people live righteously. Time for another episode of the Cultural Hall. It is an Articles of News episode with me and Brother Kyle. What? Yeah, that's right. Are you serious? And, and it's fun because this Articles of News, if you are a Patreon saint, uh, we gave you a little teaser of uh, Brother Kyle the other day, and people said, I love the one woman's comment, and I don't know if you saw this, Brother Kyle. I didn't. The one that said, hey, he needs to move the camera down so we can see him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I did. Well, I yeah. moved the camera down. Yeah. Or I, 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 what happened is my chair was down. So I see if I, I, I oh, had yeah. the thing down. So I got to move my chair up. Yeah. So you can see. So you're, there we go. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're like a, a, a seven year old kid now doing the chair up, doing the chair down, then back up again, then back down. I know. People will now be able to see why it is I give you such a hard time about looks, right? Until this point, we've been able to say, oh, you know, handsome gentleman that brother Kyle is now they unfortunately know the truth how are you how have you been I've been I've been pretty good yeah is but it... I had uh something happen so so in life as you age you know things happen you know you get older mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. maybe like I needed reading glasses like four or five years ago okay you know or or somebody gets ed or, or whatever but what happened uh yesterday or day before yesterday I got into the shower uh-huh. uh in the evening uh-huh. and as I got in, I fell. And it's not just like I, whoa, you know, fell down the shower, grabbed myself on the handle on the side. Uh-huh. It, it was the out of the shower, grabbing onto the, to the shower curtain. And uh, remember the, the folders of paper back when we had paper and uh-huh. you pull the paper out of the folder and it was click, 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 click as, yeah. as all the little rings came off. Yeah. That was the shower curtain on the rod. And then the rod breaking down on top of me, I fell out of the, the shower onto the ground in my bathroom with a shower curtain on me and the rod and all the little broken pins all over and, and aimed the shower then out into my bathroom. So it's just spraying all over. Mm-hmm. And that was my, my bathroom fall. And I realized as I lay there on the floor sobbing that now that's the, the next step. That's step number two. There's three steps. And the third is like when you're wandering through the neighborhood, you know, asking, you know, where your dog is and the neighbors are like, he's finally lost it. So yeah, he's, yeah. And they take you to the nut house and then that's it. Mm-hmm. And so I've now crossed two thresholds of age. I, I need to, I, I need I've to make sure that glasses. I know. Oh, reading glasses was the first one. Yep. Okay. Okay. And, and then falling. That's not like a stumble in the shower, but falling and knocking everything every which way but loose. Now I have several questions about this shower fall. Uh, not the least of which you're a nighttime shower and also a morning shower or just at night before you go to bed. It depends. I prefer night, but like in the summertime, I'll shower like three or four times. Yeah. Yeah. But in the winter, usually just evening. Okay. Okay. Now the more serious and pressing questions, why was your bathtub and or shower area so slippery that could you, that you could fall, that this fall occurred? It was fine. It wasn't that it was my age. Mm. Anybody else would have stood in it up tall and just been fine, uh-huh. scrubbed away. But me, <laughs> just ah, and it was embarrassing. Nobody was around, but I was still embarrassed. Is there bruising? Uh, there was bruising. Yeah. Yeah. It's gone away now after only two days. Oh, well, you want to see it? Yeah. Well, this is no, worth, you don't. This is worth the Patreon not. right here. <laughs> probably not good to show, but I do. Right. Right. Right there. Right on the old. I got a humdinger of a bruise. Oh my gosh. Well, I'm I'm sorry. You know what you need to get yourself though, and and maybe you know, two things. One, you need to get one of those uh, necklaces that has a little button that you can press that calls the nurse. I think that's what I, my son said, <laughs> and it was so degrading. The med alert. Yeah, med alert. Dad, you should get a med alert. <laughs> yeah. Good. I'm good. I'm glad that your son is on point and knows what they're called. Uh, second, and maybe I'll go. There is um, in in my dad's neighborhood where he grew up. This is in Taylorsville, Utah. Not really by where the temple is, sort of where the new temple is going in. There's this place called Guys. Guys Discount Goods or something like that. And uh, this guy, what he does is he buys at a super low, low, low price um, stuff that stores can't unload, right? So oh, it's yeah. like, you know, Tupperwares from 1970 and, you know. I love this place Christmas already. Pr- it, it's unreal. Anyway, so this guy, he can't get any more supply. He's done this for, since my dad was a kid, run oh, this place. yeah. 
can't get any more supply because of COVID. And so he's going out of business and it's likely going to just rent out his space to some other business. So in going out of business, um, he's doing like a 50 to 75% off sale on garbage, essentially. Like there's wow. some there's some good stuff there, right? Like, yeah. like they've got some uh, some great socks. If you're in the need of wrapping paper or tinsel, it's a great thing. But something that I looked at and I what I wish I would have realized is that I was being inspired by God when I looked at them today. They have those little, they're almost like pieces of sandpaper cut out into C shapes that you can put on the bottom of your bathtub so right. that your feet yeah. have grip so what happened to you wouldn't happen again. And when I looked at them today, I paused and I thought, you know, that might be a really great purchase for 37 cents or whatever they were marked down to. But... I didn't listen to the voice of the spirit, and now I can't give you these shame-filled oh. C-shaped <laughs> grips for the base for the base of your bathtub shower. Yeah. Oh. Well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to hear that. I'm sorry to hear that, man. Yeah. Well, and I forgot. Here, here's the joke in it. I was going to throw in. Mm -hmm. I guess I better call John Candy <laughs> because he remember in flying trains and automobiles, he sold the little round clips, the sh the shower curtain rod uh, <laughs> clips. Yeah. Yeah. The unfortunate thing about that joke is, is that most people listening go, no. who's John Candy? Yeah. And then the other people go, oh, they're making a new planes, trains and automobiles. I wonder if they'll include that line in it because they are. Are they really? Yeah. Yep. Uh, and it looks terrible. It I don't, looks. I don't like that. I can't remember who's in it. Uh, yeah. But they're making a new version of it and it's it'll it will be awful as most remakes are. Uh, it's a, it's a, if you haven't seen it, it's a great holiday movie. I think it's at Thanksgiving, but it's a, ho a holiday movie. It might be Christmas, but it, yeah, but it, it's a good one. This holiday season, watch it with the family. It might be, a, oh, there's a curse word in it. This but. holiday season, it's January, but this Valentine season, is that the holiday that you're no, speaking next of? Next year. Oh. It's going to be a while, but next year, go ahead and watch it. <laughs> so uh, in 11 months, please remember planes, trains, and automobiles. Keep that in the front of your mind. Yeah, yeah, Don't yeah. Forget. Right there in the front. That you need to check out planes, trains, and automobiles. I want to see who I I know they've even cast the remake. Yes, that's right. That's right. Are you ready for this? Yeah. Who who would be the least likely? Because in the original, it's John Candy and Steve Martin. Steve Martin, right? Classic. Yeah. Uh, in the remake, it is Kevin Hart and Will Smith. <laughs> you know, I I kind of like both of them. Yeah. I, I do, mm -hmm. but I, I don't see that. It might, you know, it could it could be good. You know, speaking of remakes, uh, and then I got an email and some reviews that I want to share. We have been watching in the Stedman household, Cobra Kai. The, uh, it's, okay. It's the TV show based on the Karate Kids from the 80s. This has nothing to do with uh, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Maybe there's some people <laughs> that have worked on this show that are members, but n not anything of note. We've been watching a ton of Cobra Kai. In fact, finished the three seasons in a week on Netflix. It's so great. And I know you're an Is 80s. Really? I know you're an 80s kid. Were you big in it at all at, to the Karate Kid, the original? Uh, I, I was a little bit, yeah. 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 You, you would really like it. It's, it's cheesy. If you don't have a connection to the original, like you didn't watch the movies, like maybe you're kind of a mid-90s kid or, you know, maybe you're a mid-70s kid or whatever, like you're not going to have the connection to it that you need to have to really enjoy it. But there are some great, great, great homages to the original film. Like you remember the guy, uh, put him in a body bag. Put him in a body bag, Johnny! Yeah! yeah! Like yeah. They, there's a, and I'm not going to spoil it, but there's a a great episode that pays tribute to that. And it's clever and you have to pay attention because otherwise you may not catch it. So hmm. that's that's my little non thing, but that's what we've been up to this week. Also, I've learned the uh in in the terribly painful way, you know, when we talked last week, we talked about my um the infection in my mouth and the immediate need for oh, surgery. Yeah. yeah, terrible. Well, uh let this be a warning to anyone who thinks that you don't need to take your entire run of antibiotics. When you have a surgery, if you don't take the entire run of your antibiotics, guess what comes back? The infection. So when they yeah. give you all the pills, don't play doctor and think that you know what's best for you and not take all of your pills 
that puts you in a late Friday afternoon calling up your dentist saying, can you please call in another oh. prescription? Because it's oh, starting no. to come back and it's coming to the weekend. And I know that it's just because I didn't take my antibiotics. And they go, what kind of idiot? And my wife, who love her to death, is like, "Yeah, you're an idiot in the nicest, sweetest way. You didn't take all your pills? What are you, dumb? So... So let my let my poor choices be of a warning to you. Now, we got an email. This came in, contact at theculturalhall.com. A huge thanks to the folks over at the Utah Taste Off. You can follow them on Instagram and now find them on their website as well. It's, uh, it's food, delicious food. Even if you don't live in Utah, you can find these delicious things that are made. Uh, you can, if you live in the state of Utah, you can have the opportunity to buy into these different like uh, packages where you can try four different types of dinner rolls or seven different types of brownies and you can you can rate them or you can just enjoy them. It's the Utah Taste Off. So check that out. Uh, here's the email. This, this one comes from uh, TJ. So I never do this. Uh, that is listen to a show and when they ask to leave a comment, actually leave a comment. But I feel like I had to. I feel like I'm always, I feel like I'm good friends with all of you guys on the show. I've been a fan of X96, which is my former job, and always loved Richie when he would come on and add his comments to the morning show. Then when I found out that brother Kyle was also our son Kyle, probably one of the funniest bits they used to do on the show, it blew my mind. And to top it all off, you're friends with Punk as well, which is another mutual friend of both of ours. Man, those were good times. Needless to say that it was a sad day when I learned that Richie was no longer on the show. Then imagine my surprise when I randomly found him on the morning show on BYU Radio, which, you know, I haven't told a lot of people or really spoken about that a ton here. Uh, I would encourage you, if you like if you like the cut of my jib, as you will, uh, you can find The Lisa Show in podcast form as well. If you have uh, the BYU radio app, you can listen to it there. Or if you have Sirius, it's on channel 143 in the morning. But you can find that. And, I didn't know that. Yeah, you can. That it was on Sirius. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We're, we're in the whole world, in your ear holes, all across wow. the world. Yeah. So uh, if you like me, it's a, it's a little bit more, um, it's more lifestyle. It certainly isn't centered around the church at all. Uh, but I encourage you to go find and check that out and let me know what you think about it. He says, anyway, I found the Cultural Hall show in podcast form on Spotify a couple of months ago. I'm getting caught up. I love you guys. I only have one more episode left to be caught up, but I had some free time, so I thought, well, what the heck? I'll contact him and tell him thanks. So thank you. Right on. Thank TJ. you. That's awesome. Uh, and there was one more email. I'm going to see if I can find it real quick. This one is from Dave. Dave says, listening to the Year in Review podcast... And Richie said that he doesn't understand why people aren't more upset at the racial attack on the missionaries in Payson. You remember this story? Yeah. This was the Panamanian missionary who, uh, he is of color. His companion is not of color. These, uh, I think anywhere between three and six gentlemen, as it ended up being, just beat the crap out of him. Didn't really go after his companion at all. And, uh, you know, a lot of these guys are pleading out or whatever. They're not going to serve the full amount of time. He says, I don't understand why you are so upset. This is Dave's words, not mine. Says they committed a crime and they are being punished by the justice system. Just because they are from Utah and racist doesn't mean that you are a racist. So I'm not sure what he means by that because I tried to read it in different contexts. Just because they are from Utah and racist doesn't mean that you are a racist. He says, just because Utahns commit, cri commit the crimes of rape and murder doesn't mean that you are a rapist or a murderer. He says, yes, I would, uh, <laughs> yeah. he says, I would understand the outrage if the incident was being ignored by the justice system, but that's not what is happening. Anyway, keep up the good work. So, I, so the, as best as I can interpret what Dave is talking about is I just... It, it is surprising to me that more people haven't been upset. I've seen lots of, you know, riots or at uh, various, um, you know, sit-ins or protests, uh, different signs for people in and around the Salt Lake area. And, and maybe this is something because Payson is a city that's in Utah County, which is to the south. I don't spend much time there outside of my day job. I'm wondering, maybe people are up in arms about this particular instance down there, but I just don't see... Even that this guy was a missionary, right? Even if they don't name him, even if they were like, protect our missionaries that are serving, it surprises me that we don't see or hear more about it. 
I, I know that those guys are getting punished by the justice system that they'll receive as the justice system sees fit. I guess my surprise was that more people aren't like, yeah, this really is terrible and certainly talking about it more than it was. Yeah. Yeah. So, so and weren't they sentenced? Yeah. A couple of them have been, uh, one of them, um, pled and he's got another case that's against him for a different, uh, domestic abuse or, you know, uh, assault or battery case that's going on as well. But I guess my thing was, it's surprising to me that it sort of flared up in the newspaper and then went away, maybe yeah. maybe sooner or quicker than with other things. So so that was all. Uh, I've got a couple reviews. Don't forget that we are trying to make it to 300 reviews before our 500th episode, which we are closing in on. I want you to go to wherever you get this episode and leave a review, but particularly on Apple Podcasts. Um, you can find a great place to review. And that's where we're trying to get to the 300. So I need to make sure that I go back to the last one that we read together. And I think it would be, this is the next one. Uh, it says, love, 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 love the show. I've been listening for a little under a year and I wish I had found it sooner. It provides a really varied, well-rounded, entertaining experience that provides nuanced insights into many topics surrounding the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and its members, especially during the pandemic. When I haven't been able to go to church, it's helped me stay in touch with church culture and also, in parentheses, says maybe figure out some ways to make it better. Thanks for such a great show. And that's from Nate, Nate, Nate T. Uh, now, J.A. Grove says the cultural hall is entertaining, thought-provoking, informative, and funny in all the right ways. A Latter-day Saint perspective on a wide range of subjects, you don't have to be a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints to like this show. It's a great show in podcast form. Um, and then I think there is one more I just wanted to share with everyone. Oh, two more. This one's from Leo Han says, A wonderful blend of heartfelt to hilarious. Richie and Kyle and all the various hosts provide the facts, good and bad, regarding LDS living. Glad that I joined the Patreon group. And we're glad to have you there in the Patreon group. If you're interested, you can always go patreon.com forward slash the cultural hall. And uh, we're able now because uh, Mr. Mayor sent Brother Kyle a camera. You're able to see Brother Kyle's ugly face. So uh, make sure you become a Patreon saint now. And Brother Kyle, I think tomorrow yeah. or uh, let's see, it'll be posted by the time we post this. You'll have done your first Ask Brother Kyle for advice segment there in the uh, Patreon Saints group. So I'm looking forward to, to how that goes and how many people you can offend. Oh, will I? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I haven't. I'll, I See, I'll get a question and I don't have like any advance notice of it. Exactly. Like, Richard will give it to me and we'll see what happens. Yep. We'll turn on the camera and go for it. It's contact at theculturalhall.com if you want to send him a message. And then our finally, final review uh, says, fr uh, this is from Belinda, says, Thanks for providing such a great format to hear good conversation on the gospel. I enjoy the guest speakers, articles of news, the good, the bad, the funny. Thanks for bringing a bright spot to my day, Belinda. So we are, uh, we're looking for seven more. So we're at 293, looking for seven more uh, before we get to our 500th episode. If you've not left a review yet, please take that second to do it. That's specifically on Apple Podcasts. Uh, Brother Kyle, let's take a break and come back and do actual articles of news. I just wanted to take a quick second and remind you that in addition to doing this here cultural hall show, I also DJ weddings. So if you know someone who is getting married in the future, could be this year, 2021, or could be in the future, 2022 and beyond, uh, make sure that you recommend them to bestdjinutah.com. Now, do I travel? You bet. I've done weddings in Washington. I've done uh, events in Texas. I've been to Colorado, uh, Louisiana for events all over this fine country of ours. So I would be willing to travel for whatever event you might have going on. You can get in contact with me, bestdjinutah.com. As events start to open up, I would love to be able to party with you. Yeah, that's right. The favorite show host doing music at your event. It doesn't even have to be a wedding. Just make sure you go to bestdjinutah.com. Here in the uh, second block of the Cultural Hall, we're going to do some articles of news. Hit it, Peter. You can't lose articles of news. And uh, before away we go, let me let you know that in the third block of the Cultural Hall, you have listened to the listen part, the learn part, and today we're going to hear the love part of 
Papa Osler's Listen, Learn, and Love. That's his latest book, and we're going to talk about how we can better love one another. That's coming up in the third block of the Cultural Hall. Uh, but Kyle, I'll let you take the first news story, wherever you want to set the tone for what we're talking about. Yeah, uh, so the the LDS temple being built in Tooele, mm-hmm. uh, there was some pushback on that. I, I think I saw, if I remember, they one of the things they were going to move it, or maybe this is now, uh, Verge's Fish and Chips, which everybody loved. Mm-hmm. And they were going to have to tear it down and move it for the temple. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and also there was, uh, they were doing some multi-unit housing around it and that, and people weren't fond of this. So they've, mm-hmm. they've actually decided they're actually going to move the temple to a different location. The, it's a three-story, 70,000-square-foot, uh, newly named Deseret Peak Utah Temple. Yeah, which I thought was uh, unique that they're calling it Deseret Peak. Was going to yeah. be, for all intents and purposes, either the Tooele or Tooele Valley Temple. And interesting because Deseret Peak, I don't know what that is in that area, but Deseret Peak was also the name of, or is the name of the, there is a, a racetrack out there, a mm. world-class uh, motorcycle and 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 I've raced bicycles on it, but and and car track out there called the Desert Peak. Um, and now it's the Desert Peak Temple. Maybe it's part of the 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 whole racetrack. I don't know. Put that on the infield. Wouldn't that be something? Yeah. <laughs> uh, try and get to try and get to the temple now. If yep. you can make it in without being hit, <laughs> sure, you're in. Uh, uh, I, so where that comes from is there is I believe a peak of the Ochre Mountains, which are those mountains that divide the Salt Lake Valley from the Tooele Valley. And uh, I believe that one of those peaks is called Deseret. So that's where I think that it comes from. Okay, yeah. And, and I'm glad that they're doing it. If the community is not happy with something about it, move it so that they've done it. Mm-hmm. And they're changing the housing project. So they're, they're, it's, a, it's a major change. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. They, they have a new spot for it here. I saw, I was just trying to look for it. But it will be, so now it will be put on the new spot. And it, it will be the same building. It will be the same uh, plans for that, but it, uh, just a new spot for it. And there was much rejoicing for the restoration of Verge's fish and yes. chips. That sounds silly and ridiculous, but here in the state of Utah, there's not a lot of great places for uh, fish and chips. And people collectively, and I'm not joking, collectively lost their mind that Verge's was going to have to close down. Yep. E- even though they were given several months of warning People are like, you can't take this away. And they're like, yeah, no, that's how landlord and leases and property ownership works. But sounds like no longer. Uh, you can now see what the uh, Cranberry Temple, have you heard about this? Cranberry in uh, Pennsylvania. It's the Pittsburgh Temple. No. It's technically going to be in the city of Cranberry, which uh, I, I wanted to try and make the joke in written text of it's in your head, this temple. Yeah, I, I get yeah, it. Yeah, but no one really got it, so it was... Uh, Any it, zombies around that temple? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Like, uh, hey, we're going to definitely do baptisms for the dead in this cranberry temple. Anyway, not unappreciated, but you can see that now. Uh, you can also see what the Tallahassee, Florida temple will look like. Uh, all of these temples, as I have stated before... Uh, it's got no, a moat around it, yeah. just so... <laughs> spoiler alert. Yeah, no Moroni's on the top of these temples. Now... I'm going to make a bold prediction. Are you ready for this? Okay. And this leads us sort of into the next news story that you're going to do. Um, But in October of 2021, it is my very bold prediction. We will have general conference. So this is October 2021. We will have general conference to be held on Temple Square from the uh, tabernacle, the original tabernacle, like not the conference center. It is my very bold, bold, bold prediction pointing to the outfield as the young Babe Ruth. Rest in peace, Hank Aaron. uh, The uh, Babe Ruth pointed to the outfield. I'm telling you, I think that they will look at how this can be different, how we can do something different. And it is going to be general conference from the tabernacle as they used to do. And and you say April 21. So this next conference. October 21. October 20. Okay. Okay. Because... April 21. They, they've already announced now. Yeah, the April 21 uh, LDS's general conference will be the, the third straight virtual only conference. No crowd, just you know live streaming and, and the other typical broadcasts on it. And this was just announced last week. Uh, they have not announced uh, the anything following that. Of course, they're, I'm sure they're playing it by ear. Uh, for this one, only the speakers for each session and their spouses will be present. 
So, so, so here's why I think that this will be. Because imagine, and for those of you, you can find videos of the old tabernacle when they had general conference there. You can have only the speakers and they can be separated appropriately there on the stand. The great visual of that amazing tabernacle organ. You can have the organist playing the tabernacle organ. And you could do a, a portion, certainly not the whole, but a portion of the choir in the second level rafters of the tabernacle there. It would be, Wouldn't it be, be it, safer to space them out in the in the new conference center though? Too big. It it is it, it it is yeah, it's too big. It's too big. If if they have it in the newer space, it's like when you have a party. If you if you're not sure how many people you're gonna bring to your party, you get a smaller venue so it looks like more people. Now they could have as many people as they invited because you know that people would sort of trust and go. But if you put and separate members of the tabernacle choir in the in the upper portion of the tabernacle there on Temple Square, mm-hmm. you get an amazing sound, first of all, from the tabernacle yeah. because it's just acoustically, acoustically gorgeous. But then second, you get this are, are a symbolic looking to old times and to new times. And, you know, we're just pioneers of trying to figure this out. I'm telling you, symbolically, General Conference October 2021 will be from the tabernacle on Temple Square. Why don't you run the the coordination of all this stuff. Why haven't they hired you to do this? It's a, it's a good idea. Well, well, I would be lying if I didn't tell you that I interviewed my old pal, you know, my old friend Richard Elliott, the organist for the Tabernacle Choir. Mm-hmm. I emailed him and said, hey, this came to me. I feel like you guys are going to do it. I just want you to have the confirmation that people like myself would love it. Would you mind doing general conference from the Tabernacle this fall? Haven't heard back from him. I'm not sure it's really my place to tell him anything like that, but if you haven't heard that episode of the Cultural Hall, go back and listen to that. We even have some of him playing the uh, organ there in the conference center as part of that episode. This was a sort of sort of an odd story. Elizabeth Smart was on The Masked Dancer. Did you see this? No, I didn't know she was going to be on this. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so the, if you're unfamiliar with what The Masked shows are, it's essentially they have these big overbearing costumes and they get the, the panel gets hints as to what or who these people are. Right. Um, most of the time in this these particular things, they have been famous um, people like actors or dancers or performers or musicians or whatever. Right. Well, Elizabeth Smart was uh, found to be the moth on the masked dancer. Based on the cues, really? yeah. Based on the cues or the clues, rather, that the different panelists uh, had to uh, be able to see if they could guess who it was. One of them guessed <laughs> that it was Elizabeth Smart, and the rest of them were like, "What?" And I saw this, and I was like, "This is really weird." Like what, it, now, I've come up with horrible ideas of what the clues were. Well, I mean, I think one of them was something to do with her being kidnapped, because I don't know how you could should be, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, was it a dance routine with a, a long-haired man chasing her? All right, stop. See what you could All do right. with this? Sure, stop. I don't know. Stop it. <laughs> but but to me, just seeing like her doing that seemed weird to me, right? Yeah. I was like, what, what even is this? Well, she said, my grandma actually passed away very recently, but she was so much fun. She never let a moment pass her by, and so when this opportunity came along, I thought, you know what? I live a pretty serious life. I'm going to take this opportunity and just have fun. So because of her yeah. grandma who's recently passed, she's like, you know what? I probably wouldn't ordinarily do it. I'll do it. Let's do it. I'll be the right moth. On. Good. Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, what else do you have, Brother Kyle? So I, I wasn't aware of this till after the fact. Um, the uh, So four years ago, this group didn't even, even exist. It's some women for the ethical, uh, Mormon women for ethical government. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it formed to, and don't get me, I know this is going to get political and people are going to be, why do you hate Donald Trump? Well, it was, they, they were formed to address concerns after Donald Trump took office and, and some things that he said and did in his life. Uh, so this group formed and, and they become active. Well, this group took, pair, took part in uh, Joe Biden's, uh, his election. They had an inaugural prayer service and they took part in this. Now, don't get mad and say, well, it's a Democratic group. It's, it's not, you know, I, I, I have, always feel like I have to tiptoe carefully around stuff now when I talk about uh, politics. Uh, but I thought it was pretty neat that this group, uh, the, the Mormon Women for Ethical Government, took part in this inaugural prayer with Joe Biden. 
You know, we, we've had him here in the cultural hall, right, Brother Kyle? Yeah. You knew that? We did a whole episode with uh, M. Webb. I, I didn't hear it, but I heard about it. <laughs> the, the people who were talking, and I am hearing. I'll, link, I'll share a link to that if you haven't had a chance to go back and check out that episode. It's uh, M. Wegg. We had him in probably about six months ago or so. Uh, you can actually go back in the past 300 episodes of the Cultural Hall. So that takes us back several years, uh, especially if you're a new listener, which we appreciate you for being here. Uh, go back and check out the old catalog. There's some pretty amazing things. I think that the Brandon Flowers, the front man for the Killers, if it oh, didn't, yeah. if it didn't just fall off of being available, it's about to fall off of being available. So make sure you go check out that episode. This next, I have two stories back to back. Uh, they are about President and Sister Nelson. The first one, Sister Nelson, that is Doctor Wendy Watson Nelson. I didn't know she was a doctor, uh, but she uh, she used to be a uh, nurse. She's a psychologist. She is a professor and also a published author. She will be speaking at uh, the commencement for Utah Valley University, which is the other university that's in the Utah County area that isn't BYU. Quote, Dr. Nelson is a remarkable example of what can be achieved when education and learning become a lifelong pursuit and an ideal that we hold in high regard at UVU. It's interesting to note uh, that she, uh, a woman of very high prominence uh, because of her husband and because of herself, but certainly because she's married to the prophet of the church, will be speaking at a state university. And so I'm interested to see as, uh, as that gets closer, if people make a bigger deal about that. I think she's amazing. I think that she has plenty of credibility without that. But because things in Utah get so weird, if people feel like we're paying too close attention to the church or not enough attention to the church, like it's this this risky wire of balance that we never get right and always end up fighting about. But I thought that was cool. That's the commencement in May. And then it is, in fact, now official that uh, President Nelson is uh, reaching a brand new milestone in church history. He is now the second oldest living prophet since the church's restoration back in 1830. So tell me, Brother Kyle, we're going to do a little quiz wow. here. Who was the oldest when they obviously oh. have passed away at this point? So who was it that was the oldest? I have the top five in front of me. I was just trying to think. I don't know. Oh, come on. Name a prophet. Old. Name a prophet. Uh, Joseph Smith. Okay. It was not Joseph Smith. Joseph. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> It very obviously was not Joseph Smith. All right, I'm just going to tell F. you. Joseph I, F. Smith. Okay. Uh, no, Joseph Fielding Smith is number four. Okay. Uh, he died at the age of 95 years and 359 days, almost to his 96th birthday. Um, so number five is Ezra Taft Benson, who is 94 years and 201 days old. Then Joseph Fielding Smith. And David O. McKay was 96 years and 132 days. That's who uh, President Nelson just edged out. Now, he is number two to President Hinckley's 97 mm. years, 218 days. So he has roughly about a year to be able to, if he can hold on for a year, he will be the longest living prophet of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. That, that, that doesn't sound very hopeful. If he can just hold on. Well, you, I mean, if you've Barely se- hanging if, on if, for one more if you've, year. If you've seen him at all. I mean, he is vibrant and quick to the punch and all the things. So yeah. I have no reason not to think so. But, you know, we're, we're fingers crossing or we're saying our prayers that if it if it be God's will, that it be. Uh, what else do you have? Speaking of the prophet, he got his COVID-19 shot. Oh, you're just stirring it up today, aren't you, Brother I know. I, I was, I, I, why do I even hesitate to talk about it? No, no you shouldn't. You it, shouldn't. It is what it is. He got it actually the same day as my mother. Okay. And, all right. And so she, she informed us all and sent a picture on, you know, in a text to my family that that we do, and we all said, "Oh, did you follow the, the did you follow the prophet there?" And blah, blah, blah. you know, we did all the jokes because mm-hmm, it was mm-hmm. the same day as a prophet. Um, but yes, he received his the first of his COVID nineteen vaccines, and I've seen several stories since wondering if now church members if if that will persuade. Uh, church members to do it because right now, from what I'm seeing there, uh, and this is a national survey, 33% I think of people aren't, re- and maybe it was in Utah, aren't 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 going to get it. Yeah, no, that's na- that's nationwide. 33% of people, and that does include people who haven't made their mind up yet. 
Um, but 33% of people are either not going to do it or haven't decided that they were going to get the vaccination yet. And and I wonder if if, if him getting it would this would change anybody's mind on it. Well, I'm curious. Well, here is a piece of advice for you or anyone who does not want to be uh, discouraged about the future of the church. <laughs> Do not go to the church newsroom or the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints on Facebook's page. Do not go there if you're looking for hope in humanity and a future for this church, because they shared this story, yeah. and, and the worst of all people came out. People, oh, no. people on the anti-vaccination side who are like, I'll make my own mind up, thank you, to the worst of the pro-vaccination side that says, I can't believe that you would be considerate of abortion, but you wouldn't be considerate of, you know, just like these extreme talking at each other, not talking to each other, just the, the worst, the worst, the worst comments that you could possibly see. And, and, and truthfully, pretty discouraging to me as, I, as I've read them, as I've seen what people have said. Like, I, I don't know if it's a, 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 um, a, a attributed to the fact that we haven't been able to worship together, if we forgot how to treat people, if people have always been this way and we're just horrible or what the deal is. But it is, it is the very worst of all people for any comment section, but especially as you see those that are commenting on that particular story. Just one quick addendum with that. Not only did President uh, Nelson and his wife get uh, vaccinated, all three members of the First Presidency and five members of the Quorum of the Twelve all got their um, their uh, COVID vaccinations. And it is assumed that others already have or will. A couple, as you know, three uh, members of the Quorum of the Twelve have actually had COVID, so I'm not sure what the recommendation is if you've had it, how long you're supposed to wait before you get some sort of vaccination. So there's that. I've got a couple. Yeah, of- but so so my mom got it the same day, and I, I thought that she would, but I think one of the reasons she did is last week for her, so she kept in, my, my parents went on a, a service mission. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they worked at, I forget the name of the place that they worked in, but anyway, for nine months when I, I took over their home, it was wonderful. Mm-hmm. And uh, I killed all the plants. But sure. their, so their their mission president and his son both died from COVID within a one week period oh. uh, after the family got together on Christmas. I'm not saying if you got together at Christmas, you're going to die. I it's you do what you want. I don't I honestly don't care. But I I think that helped really encourage her to go. Yeah, I'm going to get it now because I can right now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my mom is waiting. So she has a, a second home in Washington. She's literally just waiting till her and my stepdad can get vaccinated and then they're getting out of town. They're more oh, really? they're more likely to get it here than in, in Washington because it's yeah. sort of a remote island and they trust it here a little bit more. They're they're literally just calling every once in a while. Hey, can we get in? Can we get on this? Can we get a, a, an appointment? And then, um, you know, they'll go and get that done and then get out of town and, and they wow. get to make that choice. I have a few just quick stories as we kind of bust through this. You've got what? One more? I, I think I'm done. I think that's uh, if you're unfamiliar, we've had Susan Madsen from the Utah Women and Leadership Project here in the Cultural Hall. You can find that as an old episode. I'll try and link that in the show notes. Um, but Sherry Dew references uh, the Utah Women and Leadership Project. It's a great article that uh, I can summarize in just a couple lines. Uh, but KSL, which is where I got the story, probably summarizes it in their headline. It says that Sherry Dew, uh, the executive vice president of Deseret Management Corporation, said better decisions are made when men and women are in the same room when she's talking about leadership. And so how can we apply that on our ward and stake levels uh, within our church and also within our homes is, I think, individual to how we all can go about it. But I think that there's a lot to be learned there. Great article if you want to check that out. There is in Sacramento... A Sacramento man has been arrested on suspicion of setting fire to a Mormon church in Willows. On January 17th, Glen County deputies and fire personnel responded to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints on North Humboldt Road, where a structure fire had been reported. By the time they arrived, smoke was reportedly billowing from the vents on the side of the church. Deputies made entry to look for any victims or potential suspects, but were forced to retreat due to the magnitude of fire and smoke. Through an investigation conducted along the fire department, deputies soon identified 35-year-old Randy Lewis White of Sacramento as their primary suspect. He remains in custody on jail of a $200,000 bond. So that's a quick story. 
Uh, there's this, if you have not yet watched it, Lindsay Sterling, member of the church. She uh, didn't make it on America's Got Talent, but now she's one of the, if not the highest watched musical performers on YouTube, influencers on YouTube. She shared a, a, a video recently. The song is called Lose You Now, and it's a tribute to her father. It's a great song, and you can see that link uh, in the show notes for the Cultural Hall. And then finally this. Uh, well, to these finally this is. Sorry. BYU Women's Conference. We talked about this in the past. They had made the bold choice that they were going to do that on campus. And in this last week, they said, no, we're not. Why did we think we were going to do that? So uh, BYU Women's Conference will be held online only this year, now in its 45th year. Some of the topics for the sessions will include fostering and understanding unity in a divisive world, preparing children to live in a world of wondrous diversity, understanding differences between shame and guilt, encouraging, encouraging women to speak out and speak up, and fostering relationships with loved ones during faith transitions. It uh, costs 59 bucks, and you can get it all online. Uh, the sessions will be available from April to September, so check that out. And if you'd like to submit an original music composition foc- focused on this year's theme, you can find that link at theculturalhall.com. And then finally this, you've been to uh, the uh, Hotel Utah, right, Brother Kyle? Yeah. Now, uh, other people may know that as the uh, Joseph Smith Memorial Building. So let's bring everybody else along. Uh, Up on the eighth floor, there is, uh, I assume, actually, the entire eighth floor has been remodeled for general authority occupancy, according to the permits that were drawn. Um, Top Latter-day Saints meeting in the eighth floor of the Joseph Smith Memorial Building Uh, which, if you don't know, it overlooks Temple Square, but because of the uh, closure of the Salt Lake Temple and Temple Square, the safety uh, that would go around people trying to get in or out of that building, those meetings that the First Presidency and the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles have every, I think it's Thursday, have needed to have a new place. So, eighth floor of the Joseph Smith Memorial Building is where it has moved to, which means, in a way, that... The old Hotel Utah or the Joseph Smith Memorial Building. You'll have to draw this kind of conclusion out a little bit, but it it's a temple now, kind of. It is a de- is a dedicated space. It is uh it's more than just you know it's more than just a church house or a steakhouse. I don't know temple temple maybe not, but so no longer a restaurant. Now no. it's a temple. So that's the ninth floor and. That was the joke that I immediately made is when they get done with their meetings, they head up to the buffet and the roof and yeah. talk it out over dinner or they go up and then bring their plates down. Um, but 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 unique, you know, it's crazy to think that uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I guess it's just, yeah, we I mean, they needed a space. A lot of people thought that maybe it was the Bountiful Temple or, you know, Ri- uh, Jordan River Temple or one of the other neighboring temples. But nope, they are meeting in the Joseph Smith Memorial Building. Um, the meetings that they have include a sacrament ritual. Um, it is also typical that there would be a prayer circle as part of this, uh, these meetings that they have. So it's more, it's more than a church. It's more than a stake center, but maybe not quite a temple. It is the Hotel Utah, the eighth floor of the Joseph Smith Memorial Building. And that is your Articles of News. Now, don't forget, coming up uh, in the third block, we're going to visit with uh, Papa Osler, and we're going to learn all about love from his Listen, Learn, and Love series and book. We've shared the other interviews that we did, the Listen and Learn, uh, but today we're going to learn all about love. That's coming up in the third block of the Cultural Hall. Imagine running a small business today. It's challenging. Imaging and internet presence is an absolute must. Even with that, you're still a small star in a bright cyber universe. Now, imagine you have someone who understands how to get your site designed for your talents and then easily searched by potential clients. Imagine Lennon Design. Whether it's strictly a website or a whole package of logo creation, advertising media, and promotional materials, Lennon Design is your partner in business. They'll test the boundaries of their imagination to create something unique for you. When you need creative, affordable design, let it be Lennon Design. Call 801-699-3022 or visit LennonDesign.com. Hey, this is Dan, the Laptop Man from PC Laptops. Friends, I know a lot of you guys and girls are working from home. So here's some tips for making sure your computer's ready for working at home, because if your computer fails, it's going to be really hard to get it fixed because of dwindling supply and parts. But we have parts right now, and we have a limited supply of new computers available for you. Make sure your computer is healthy and virus and malware free. 
Hackers are trying to infect people and stealing their information during these challenging times. We'll scan the health of your computer for viruses and malware, plus scan your hard drive, memory, and components to make sure you don't have any failing parts. You want to make sure you have strong antivirus and malware protection software as well. Just get into any PC laptops and we'll check your hardware and your software and scan your computer for viruses for absolutely free. Just go to PCLaptops.com. At PC Laptops, we've been serving you for over 28 years, and we've got your back during these times of need. We're all in this together. So just go to PCLaptops.com and we'll get you taken care of. We are now completing the first time we have ever done a series here in the Cultural Hall. And uh, Papa, Richard, I have to tell you, I've enjoyed this. This may be something that I do again in the future. So if you write another book, I hope that there's three words in the title so I can do a series with you as far as that goes. Uh, We are talking about Listen, Learn, and Love. If you have not gone and listened to the Listen episode, seems like I'm saying Listen a lot, uh, make sure you check that out. That's a previous episode. I'll leave that link in the show notes. If you haven't listened to the Learn portion of this discussion, also a previous episode where we spend about 20 minutes with each of these subjects and talking about really what it is, what it means to listen and to learn, how we can be better about it, uh, how it's personally impacted both Richard and I uh, in our path, in our journey, and what we do, and also the need for it, how we really, hopefully I'm not speaking um, for you, but that you would agree with that it really is sort of God's calling that we've kind of taken on some of these listen, learn, love principles and and trying, if if only for us, but hopefully for others, to really become better with it. So now we get to maybe the hardest one. Uh, sometimes it feels like the hardest one for me, love. So here we go. You ready to talk about love? You bet. It's always good to be on your show, Rich. You do a great job, and it's so it just feels so easy to talk to you. So thank you for the work you're doing. Now let me ask you: Is it hard for you to love? Um, my heart has expanded as LGBTQ people have come into my life. So it, it's easier for me to love everybody than it was five or ten years ago. I just and yeah. it's part of our beautiful doctrine unique to our church is that everybody I see is my spiritual brother or sister from heavenly parents. If I go to that 40,000 view of the human family, it's easier to love. I, you know, in Moses 7, 33, we have these two great commandments to love the Lord with all thy heart, love thy fellow men as thyself. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've always felt like culturally, but not doctrinally, we sometimes rank those. <laughs> so, okay. I love God. Sure. And I love my fellow men, and that's a secondary commandment. But in Moses 7, it says, Unto thy brethren I have said, and I also give a commandment, that they should love one another, and that they should choose me, their father. So in that example, they're reversed. Hmm. Because we're instructed first to love one another, and then choose me, their father. Now, I think we've complicated all of this. I just think they're one co-equal commandment. To love the Lord with all their heart and love thy fellow men as thyself. I think the really the way we activate our love to Heavenly Father, our Heavenly Parents, is how we treat others. Mm-hmm. I think at the end of the day, that's the way, this is like as a parent with six kids, the way my kids show me they love me. I don't really need a lot from them, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but how they treat each other and how they support each other and how they love each other is really how they show their love to me. So I think our great heavenly parents cry when we don't love each other more than if we like don't pray. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, sure. I, maybe I shouldn't have said it quite like that. They want us to pray to them. But um, sometimes we create these false dichotomies. I do want to be clear with your listeners. I think we should pray to God. Yeah, I and understand. They, do, they uh, are sad. but pe- People understand I, where you're coming from. It's all right. right. It's all right. But I think we create this false dichotomy in our brains sometimes that to fully love and follow God, we have to stop loving some of his children. Hmm. And I think that is a false dichotomy because everything I read in the scriptures, and I had this pool of Bethesda painting, Carl Block hanging a copy. I can see it right now. And Christ is at the pool of Bethesda, and he's with all the people who have been marginalized by society. And his hand is actually taking me to somebody who's covered himself with the pool of Bethesda under a tarp. Mm-hmm. And Christ is lifting that tarp and his hand is, is lit in the painting. It's the focus of the painting. And that painting, a bigger version, is in the Salt Lake Temple. And I stand in the Salt Lake Temple and I'm looking at that painting. I think, who is that person in my life? Mm. And 
So I just think in Mormon culture, we've created this feeling that we can't get too close to LGBTQ people. And Temple Recommend Question 7 used to say we shouldn't even associate. Now that's taken out. And there's and because I think Christ taught that we should be with everybody. And I think Latter-day Saints want to be with everybody. So I just invite listeners that there's no, you know, just be with the human family. If you find yourself in situations you don't want to be in, that's fine. Pull away from them. But don't just pull away from everybody that's different from you. Um, some people say, well, how should I handle attending a gay wedding? Um, doesn't that mean I'm condoning or I'm supporting something outside of my church? And in the book, um, Listen, Learn, and Love that we talked about, there's some great quotes from um, Elder Renlund talking about, I go out to dinner with people that drink alcohol. What do I do during that experience? Do I get in their face and remind them about the word of wisdom? No, I just kind of let the reality of their life be different than my own. And a mother of a gay child talks about in the book, she has a story. She says, would we go to um, the baptism service of our dear friends that are Catholic and they're baptizing their infant baptism? Would we even worry that somebody might see us there? Or would we even maybe mention on social media that we attended um, a Catholic service for an infant baptism? And she kind of makes the point, none of us as active Latter-day Saints would probably be nervous about that. Right. Then, then she goes on to say, that's a doctrine that's condemned in the Book of Mormon, infant baptism. Mm -hmm. And we don't sort of like get all upset about that. Her point is, let's just allow, if someone feels their path is a same-sex marriage, and it even might be someone in our family or friend, we can just support them in their decision. It doesn't mean that we don't support our doctrine or that we're not standing up for truth. We're just allowing the reality of their life to be different than our own. And we're supporting them in the decision that they feel is best for them. And so that's been the most complicated space often for active Latter-day Saints is how do I handle people that are going to go off into a same-sex marriage? And I've had people on the podcast in same-sex marriages. And the reason I've done that, they're supportive. They're, they're not, they're, a lot of them are actually trying to continue to attend church. So they're, and I've wanted to humanize people that have left the church, so to speak, in same-sex marriages, because they're still the same human family. They're still my brother and sister. And hearing those stories, sometimes some of those guys that are celibate and in the church are the hero one day. We kind of put them on a pedestal and say, this is the way to do it. Be celibate the rest of your life. You know, I'll go home to my wife and kids and you kind of do this celibate thing and um, you'll be the hero and we'll put you up on a pedestal. But if they feel like eventually they need a life partner, Let's don't make them the villain the next day. Let's just recognize they're the same human person trying to do their best they can in almost an impossible situation. And let's support them if they feel that's their path. So that's, the, that's a really complicated, um, but the doctrine of love and the doctrine of Christ's example to me is just, we love the Lord with all our heart. And we love our fellow men as ourselves. Um, I love this quote from Elder Ashton that's in this book of mine. Um, the best and most clear indicator that we're progressing spiritually and coming into Christ is the way we treat other people. Chapter two of my book is using Christ's teachings to support LGBTQ Latter-day Saints. And it's really talking about, you know, what we do to love people that are different than us. And, and not just make that up because it's a nice idea, but to actually use what Christ taught. Under the, you've done it unto the least of these, you've done it unto me. And so I, and I think Latter-day Saints actually want to love everybody. Right. It comes naturally. They want to support everybody, but they sometimes worry if I go to that gay wedding or I, you know, I put my arm around that woman that just had a child out of wedlock, or I talk to that person about their tattoo, that somehow I'm condoning a behavior outside of my church teachings. But I think we just, I know, and Temple recommend question seven changed. We can, I think, support and be kind to everybody. I mentioned at the beginning of this conversation about love that it's something that I struggle with. And I, I want to clarify because I don't feel like I struggle with, you know, I have plenty of friends who are gay and, and uh, plenty of friends who have had kids out of wedlock. And any of these sort of indications, you know, tattoos, all the things that we would say are sort of counter or in a lot of ways, I don't even know that they would be counter to the churches, right? It's just whatever their experience is. I, I don't feel like I'm ever a judger of persons. I'm just like, yeah, no, I, I, welcome. You're part of the, the, the family. You're part of the table. But I, th I feel like there is almost an action 
with love that maybe I don't always do, right? There's a tolerance or an acceptance, but when I hear love, loving everyone, love God, love your neighbor, like to me, I, I don't know, I feel like I've, I have rested in the part of not doing anything detrimental towards anyone, you know, I'm not, I'm not punching a person or being like, oh, this person is doing these things, I'm not doing any of that, but I feel like there is a second part of that, that love is an action to a group, to a people, to a person, to a family, to God. I feel like there's an action, and, and that's where I feel like, man, I've, I still have so much to learn about this. You've got a great heart, Richie, and for your listeners, I think you can't do everything. So some, I don't want any listener to get overwhelmed with, I've got to love every... I think it's fine just to act on your baptism covenants, to bear more in comfort, and follow spiritual impressions to maybe help a marginalized group or take on a social issue. Most, A lot of millennials and Gen Zs, they look at their faith and say, what's it doing for the most marginalized groups of people? They look at their baptism covenants and saying, what am I going to do, not for the most privileged people, but for the most marginalized people? And they kind of are wired to be an LGBTQ ally or help Black Latter-day Saints or environmental issues or women or undocumented workers. I think that's an owning of the gospel of Jesus Christ and rooted in love. The law of love, to me, is this non-transactional way of living that it's not like the Boy Scouts where I earn a merit badge. It's I just I'm doing this not because I'm trying to please God or because I'm trying to work out my own salvation. I'm just doing it because it's the right thing to do. And that, to me, is the purest form of love. It's charity. It's And Elder Uchtdorf, I'll read this from my book. Um, this is Elder Uchtdorf. Because love is the great commandment, it ought to be at the center of everything we do in our family, in our church callings, in our livelihood. Love is the healing balm that repairs rifts in personal and family relationships. It is the bond that unites families, community, and nations. Love is the power that initiates friendships, tolerance, civility, and respect. It is the source that overcomes divisity and hate. Love is the fire that warms our lives with unparalleled joy and divine hope. Love should be our walk and talk. Um, and I go on to quote a tweet by Harper Don Forsgren I read on Twitter. We need members of the church need to stop focusing on, we need to love people because our love will bring them back to the church. And instead, focus on we need to love people because they deserve to be love, loved. And I love that. I love non-agenda love, mm-hmm. that I don't love my non-Mormon neighbor because I have an agenda to bring him to church. I just love my non-member neighbors because they deserve to be loved. And as I just love them, I sense that if they are open to what's really going on in their life, they'll open up to me because I, and maybe... As people open up to me, and that happened with the YSAs, I was able to help them see how the gospel of Jesus Christ could help them. But they had to kind of feel that unconditional, non-agenda love that I think Christ communicated. So love to me is, sometimes we say the first law of heaven is obedience. I don't want to debate that, but law, love, the first love is really up there. And it's, it's the thing that heals us. It's the thing that brings us together. Perfect love casteth out fear. Richie, my level of fear, and now compared to eight years ago, is so different. It's so much lower. Um, I don't fear my human family. There are really bad people out there, obviously, that want to you know, rob me and potentially kill me. But just to pin it on a group of people or a, um, a race or a category, that's just unfair. And I think it's because and I still have work to do. I've gotten to know people that are outside of my circle. And, and some people are wired just to do that. But I think I'd encourage more of us to do that. The Black Lives Matter movement is something that resonates with me. To me, that's not a threat of the nuclear family. It's not Marxism. It's not socialism. Those are terms that have been radicalized to kind of polarize that movement. To me, Black Lives Matter is just you know, all lives matter, but aren't all lives need to be pulled back into moral inclusion. So I think we have a special responsibility for black Latter-day Saints and black people in general as a white person to pull them back into full moral inclusion because they've been marginalized for so long, even within our own church. So all lives matter is fine, but it, it diminishes my responsibility for a group of people that are still marginalized and have, and have been the victim of, of racism. And, and to speak to your previous point where you know, just love, just loving, 
non-agenda love is, I mean, we can root it out. I see this. So my wife is not a member of the church, and uh, it is fascinating for me to see people whom, and well-intentioned, you know, I'm not making any sort of slight against anyone, but who, whether it's the missionaries when they're new in the area, and she comes to church with me, you know, when we had church, when that was a thing that we would go to, but she's on the Zoom call with me for church. So for all intents and purposes, she's a mem- an active member of the church. But when people will reach out to her with, a, hey, let's get you to be baptized. Would you like to, you know, would you like to have the discussions or they want something from her? She it, it is it is classic for me and and almost humorous, if I can say that for the way that she will be drawn to the people who I know just genuinely love her, care for her and just want her to know that she's loved, and those people who have a, hey, we really think that you should do this, so I'm going to be kind, or I'm going to reach out to you. The difference is stark, and I had never seen that before. But people know. Marginalized groups know if we if we just think we should be reaching out to them, or if we are really trying to learn, know, love, and understand them, hear them. And I love that you talk about your wife, and I love... I mean, I used to see people outside of our church in need to rescue, and I just see them as the same human family now. And I just, I recognize there's people that aren't in our faith that are very happy. I've some of these binary narratives I don't buy into. Now, there are people outside of our faith that are having great lives and are contributing significance to society. And yep. I'm just going to leave all this judging to God, and my job is to love. When I got out of the judgment world and got out of trying to measure people by the standards that are I'm measuring myself by, that was so relieving, Richie. Mm-hmm. Um, I did a, a Facebook post that went viral. It's the most viral Facebook post I ever did. It was, is she wearing her garment in that wedding photo? <laughs> and I basically said, I'm not going to look at LDS women's wedding photos and try to figure out if they're wearing their garment, because that just causes me to not see the beauty of their marriage and the beauty of who they are. And it's a judging thing to me that causing me not to love. And it's relieving just to love people. You talked about suicide for LGBTQ. And let me just read a quote because the book, the proceeds from the book are actually going to foundation of a gay LDS teenager who died by suicide. And that's probably the primary reason I wrote the book is, and I'm glad you brought that up. Brene Brown says, not belonging, and think about LGBTQ Latter-day Saints, not belonging, or physiological isolating is the most terrifying and destructive feeling a person can experience. It's not the same as being alone. It's the feeling that one is locked out of the possibility of human connection and powerless to change the situation. Physiological isolation can lead to a sense of hopelessness and desperation. People will do almost anything to escape this. So when I read that for the first time, it just helped me to understand better what a gay Latter-day Saint feels or a lesbian that just locked out of the possibility of companionship or human connection. And so what do we do? We just empathize, we mourn, we comfort, we validate how painful their experiences. I invite every LGBTQ Latter-day Saint to stay in, the, stay in our church and to hold to our restored truths that are beautiful. But if they feel their past is the same-sex relationship. They're not necessarily proactively leaving their church. They just they just feel their path as the same-sex relationship. I will support them. I won't I won't proactively invite them down that road, and say, but I will support them, and I'll just encourage them to live every other covenant they can live, because I recognize if I'm just kind and nice, they're more likely maybe not to get angry at the church and angry at me, and angry at God, and they're more likely to live a really responsible life even if they're not living that covenant of the law of chastity, they could live every other covenant. So that's a little bit of just love and trying to have a sense of belonging and, and helping people not choose suicide as a way to end this isolation. You know, it's, uh, it's been too long since we've visited. Uh, we need to do this a little bit more frequently, but if you have not gone back and listened to the listen and learn parts that we did in previous episodes, the name of the book is Listen, Learn, Love. We've been visiting with Richard Osler. You can pick up that book. There's a link in the show notes, or you can find it on Amazon or Deseret Book. And uh, you can also listen. You do your uh, your podcast a couple times a week, right? 
Yeah, we do a lot of them right now. So <laughs> probably do too many. I don't yeah. know how to manage this. <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah, I mean, there's so there's so much to share, and every story is so individual. I I empathize and and feel a hundred percent what you're talking about. Oh, I well, should probably slow this down a little bit. Is everyone listening? But the stories just need to be shared. Yeah, and you're a mentor to me, Richie, because you've been in this space longer than I am, and someone that kind of tucked me under my wing when I first stepped in this space and supportive of what I did and brought me on your show and just helped me understand that this is an important space. So I'm grateful for you and you've helped me and, and hundreds and hundreds of others. So you've got this ministry doesn't show up on LDS tools. If I go to LDS tools in your ward or stake, it doesn't say what you're doing, Richie. And that's true of a lot of people in the church that yep. are serving in ways that doesn't really, it's kind of under the radar map and a lot of people but I'm thankful for what you do and all the listeners that are likewise serving in ways that don't really show up sometimes are totally understood. You're, it's what you do is really needed. Appreciate what you do as well. Richard Osler, Papa to me. He's Papa to me. Uh, you can I'm find old him. enough to be your Papa. Yeah, well, <laughs> listen, <laughs> I don't believe it for one second. Thank you so much for taking the time. You bet, man. We hope that this episode has nourished and strengthened your body that if you're not healthy enough to listen this week, that you'll be healthy enough to listen next week, and that when the time comes, you'll be able to travel home in safety. In the meantime, we'll be saving a seat for you on the back row of the Cultural Hall. Save me a seat, it's sure to be neat on the back.